Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us today, he is an Olympian. He's an NCAA All-American, World Championship medalist, World Junior Championship medalist. Today, we are sitting down with Indiana's Michael Brinnaker. Michael, how's it going, man? Thank you for having me on here. Most recently, you were in Abu Dhabi at the the short course world championships. You swam open water there. <laughs> you told me off camera it, it didn't go so hot. Can you give me your take on how the open water event went? Uh, it just uh, didn't go too well for me. I didn't place that well. I was around 40th uh, in the 10K, and then I was also on the relay. And I also just didn't feel like I performed as well as I should have. Uh, going into the meet, I was coming off a really good training, so I thought I was going to go in feeling really well. And then the travel really got to me. I was really just tired the entire time. Those like first couple days I was there, and I think it took a lot more out of me than I realized it was. Uh, it had, so it was just a little frustrating to go through. But it's just one meet. I have a lot more to uh, go. So. Yeah. I, I went to that meet as well, and I feel the same. I, I was tired the entire time I was there. Uh, I wasn't competing, obviously, but it was it was, it was was definitely a big time change and kind of a big difference um, that I noticed, at least. Um, you were slated to swim the 1500 as well, uh, but you ended up leaving early, as did I. Um, can you talk me through that process and kind of how you, you, you swam open water and then, and then, you know, you were kind of waiting for the last day of this mile and then you ended up not even being able to swim it at all. Yeah. So I mean, part of like why I had a, tr- a rough time, uh, adjusting over there was I had a bit of a head cold, mm-hmm. I think, uh, which was rough. I was scared. It was COVID at first, but I mean, I took three tests going, uh, before I le- flew out. Uh, had like the test when we got there and then I took like two or three while I was there and I tested negative on all of them. Uh, so I knew I didn't really have COVID, but then uh, when Brennan Gravely tested positive uh, right before he flew out, like the day he was leaving, he tested positive from his like test he had to take before he left. Mm. I, uh i found out about that and i mean i wasn't like that close well i don't really know what they were considering close contact there so but like we did the open water races together and stuff and we were like in the team area together but we had our masks on at all times so i wasn't i was wasn't too concerned that i could get it for uh wasn't too concerned that i'd get it from them but the fact that he got it tested positive and then there was a, like I, I was hearing rumors that lots of other teams were having positives. I was kind of worried I would get it then just from someone, someone else around during the meet. And I heard of, there was a 10 day quarantine. Then once you tested positive and it's right before Christmas, I really didn't want to stay. And then after having a rough time in the 10 K, I didn't really think it would have been good for me to stay to, it wouldn't have been worth it for an okay to 
maybe a good 1500 uh, to get stuck there for 10 days. So I just wanted to get out of there before I'd get stuck. Understandably. So <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I ended up doing the same thing. I left early as well because there were so many COVID scares and um, it was right before Christmas and it was a, it, it, the, the meat had kind of a weird vibe to it with, with yeah. all of the COVID restrictions in place. Obviously they're there for a good reason, but yeah. um, it was, it was a bizarre meet for sure. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad you were able to leave safely. That's definitely a positive. Um, since returning, how has it, uh, how, how has training been? How has competition been for you? Uh, I have, I always train kind of rough right after Christmas. Uh, I don't really know what it is, but I'm not training as fast as I do. So I just really, the past couple of years started focusing on just showing up to the workouts and giving my best effort, not worrying about the times. So I got through that week. And then after that, I've just been like continuously building and having better and better workouts, uh, since then. Uh, so everything's been going really well since that. Nice. So I've been getting really excited for the end of the season. With, yeah, we're, with we're, NCs, I don't know what's going to be after that yet. So, <laughs> yeah, how how <laughs> the we I've been talking to quite a few athletes about their reaction to the news that you know world champs have, are postponed now. So we don't really we don't really know what's next. Um, have you given any thought to that? Do you d- did it hit you in any certain way? um that you know knowing world champs wasn't really going to happen this summer Uh, well i mean i'm still i have the main focus of big tens and ncaa's first because that's gonna that was always going to come beforehand so i've been more mentally preparing on that and with that i think it's helped benefit me that i haven't like been freaking out that i don't know it's like gonna happen uh like, I don't know, like, what meets I'm going to end up doing this summer now or anything like that. I've just been kind of just getting ready for that, waiting to hear, like, confirmed news about, like, what USA is going to have us do for this upcoming summer and any meets that they might have for us. So right now it's just waiting for all that and focusing on Big Tens and NCs. Yeah, that which, what else can you do, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. that's that's about all you got. Um, but that seems smart. And so let's talk a little bit about training. You know, obviously you're a very distance oriented athlete, um, especially for the the Christmas training and, and coming right out of it. What does that look like for you? You know, are you throwing down 10 K practices? Are you doing hundred K weeks? What's what, what, what does your training schedule look like? Uh, well, practice wise, I do doubles Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, single Wednesday, Saturday. I have weights Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I have that. Uh, And then most workouts I average probably I'd say around 8,000. Um, this year, since coming back, I've really started focusing on having my main sets be a little longer than they have been the previous year, just because I feel like that's a main part of how I keep my endurance up. So, uh, coming off the, or like right after Christmas, uh, the workouts have been main sets were 3,500 or more, uh, in the afternoon workouts, the morning workouts have mainly just been working on some power on Monday, Friday, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday mornings are shorter than a kick set. So we have a journal kick set we do and Thursday mornings recovery, but for the most part, it's, 
how we've been training for the most of the year, but it's been a lot. The main sets have been around 4,000 really like Monday and Wednesday or four Mondays, usually around 4,000 to 4,500 Wednesdays. We actually is our challenge set in the afternoon and we do uh, anywhere from 5,000 to 7,000 main set. And that practice is usually around 9,000 to 10,000. But then the other workouts are less than that around Tuesday uh, is 3,500 usually Thursdays around 3,500 as well. And then Fridays, 3,000 to 35. And that's a short interval set we usually do. Okay. So let's dive into this a little bit. Uh, power. You don't normally associate doing power work with distance swimming. What do you feel like you get when you do those power workouts? Um, well, I say power, it's still like probably distancey for other people, but the power we do is like our pulley set. We'll do 20, 25s pulleys basically set up that way, or, or it's set up as 2025s, like added up, it's broken up into different things. I've started doing different strokes and stuff to work on my 4am. Um, it's usually either on 110 or a minute and it's because uh, we go down and come back with our pulley system. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I mean, we go down with the pulley and then it's easy back. Um, so that's really the power that we have. Uh, and then after that, we usually do a pull set that's around 3000. And so, I mean, like that's what we consider the power workout for at least our distance group. Mm-hmm. But I really think it helps me improve my speed. And I think it really helps my 500 out a lot. Yeah. So for, for events like the 500 or the 400 IM, do you feel like you can even really get going, um, in an event like that or, or, or get a good rhythm down? Uh, in my better races. Yeah. Uh, not the worst ones, but, uh, that's one thing I've still like trying to learn is how to get going that first hundred, like have a good starting speed and then continue that and get a rhythm going for the rest of the race and then try to have a little fast last 50 or fast last hundred. Um, that's something I've really been trying to work on and improve because I feel like I have worked really hard and deserve to have a big time drop in that event. And I've been waiting for it to happen. I just need to have everything like click in a race. And I, I think like with this power stuff, it'll help. Do you, do you feel like, um, you know, at any given meet, let's say at big tens or at NCAAs, it, what does it take for, for you personally to have a good 500 and a good mile? Do you, do you feel like you have to be in the same zone? Do you feel like that just comes with how you train? Um, do you feel like if you have, uh, you know, the, obviously the 500 is coming first. So like you have a good 500, it's like, oh, I'm going to have a good mile or is it kind of different mentalities? I approach each race differently because I mean, you kind of have to, so having a good 500, I just, I, I don't know, really, I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. Well, uh, cause it, uh, all my previous like meets I've like rested up for or suited up for, I've either had a good 500 or I've had a good mile. So I'm still trying to work that out. Um, but I really think just focusing on each race beforehand, preparing for it, like one at a time, not like thinking, oh, I've got the mile or the four I am after this. It's like, I've got this mile. Let's focus in on this, get this race done and then worry about what's next. Yeah. <clears throat> so then in terms of training, um, 
do you, you mentioned the, the winter training takes kind of a dip for you. Um, was the, why do you feel like that is, or, or why have you come to anticipate that? I don't really know. Uh, well, I don't know why I train like that. I just kind of noticed it. Um, probably I'd say my, or during my gap year, I, cause my, I, I was like looking back cause I was having a bad week and I was getting like kind of frustrated cause it was during my gap year. And I just really wanted to keep having good workouts and good workouts, making sure I was doing everything I could to be at my best. And I was looking back at my like senior year of high school and then my freshman year at IU. And I was like, this happened then at the same exact time where I was working hard, putting in a lot of work and like the times just weren't reflecting what I had been doing like two or three weeks before. So I just looked at that training or that time period. And I was like, okay, just like start learning to not focus on the times, just let yourself show up and work hard. Cause I feel like as long as you're, putting in work at that point in the season, or at least putting in hard work and putting in a good effort, it'll, it'll still benefit you at the end of the season. Do you feel like part of that may be because it is winter training and because the workload increases. And so your, your ability to have quality output might decrease a little. Um, I feel like it's, you know, like how the, when you take a break and you come back from swimming and your body like adjusts areas like out of shape and stuff, I feel like it's almost like that where it's like it increases and your body's trying to adjust to the new training. So I, I feel like it could be that. Yeah. Like it's just trying to adjust to like the new amount of yardage, like the harder workouts. And then like, once I do, it just like builds from there. Does your, do you notice physically or mentally when, <clears throat> you know, you, you do a 70 K week versus an 80 K week versus a 90 K week? Can you, can you kind of tell the difference or is it just like, yeah, there's a lot of training this week. Uh, it kind of takes a couple of weeks for me to like, for my body, I guess, to, and mentally to notice like the toll, like those longer weeks can take on me. Um, it's, I don't, it's really weird with me. Cause like, I'll be like doing these really long, hard weeks and I won't feel like each workout I go to after like a really hard workout, I won't really feel it. And then like that next week or the week after that, I'll just be like, wow, I'm just like mentally tired. I feel really sore. And it's like, I'm doing less than I was doing like the couple of weeks before. And it's like, why do I feel like this now? But it's something I've learned that like I go through. So I would just try to adjust to it. Like try to calm myself down and make sure I don't overreact to it. You, you, you obviously swim distance events. What, why is that? You know, what, what's, what's your reason for either competing in distance for loving distance? Um, you know, cause it's not, not the most common of, uh, yeah. of events to swim. Yeah, no, uh, as a kid, I just like, I don't know. I, anytime we would, they would offer doing business stuff. I was like, yeah, I like want to try that. And then like, I kept doing it just cause I was kind of good at it, I guess. And then now it's just like, I'll, when the race, when I have over, I have a good race. It's like the most fun I can have just cause they're, they're longer than like a uh, 50 or hundred, you know, like those are those races that are over so quickly, but when like you're having a good distance race and like, you know, it, it it's like one of the best feelings in the world, just 
knowing you're doing really well, just keeping it going, you can, like it kind of builds and like you keep feeling better and better as the race goes on. And it's just one thing that I've just learned to love about it. I mean, it's really hard to get races like that, but once once you have one like that, it's really hard to like say, oh, I hate this. You know, I mean, there are times obviously where it's like, oh, I hate being a distance swimmer, but when it's like that, it's like, wow, I just really love being able to do this. Is there a race or a couple races that stick out to you in your mind as like, these are the races that make it worth it or made it worth it? Yeah. Um, I mean, the 800 at Olympic trials last summer, because I, I was coming off of a really rough season where I like was way short of my goals and ever like uh, at Big Tens and NCs. And and then like the following week after or following two weeks after NCs, I went to the Tier Pro and was had a terrible swim. I mean, like I ended up having a really good training period after that going into the meet, but just like in the back of my head, I had those bad performances in my mind and I was still just really nervous. It would end up happening again. So like when the race started off and I was just like consistently up there with the leader, like with Bobby and Will and Ross when they were uh, leading the race. And then when I was just Ross, me and uh, Bobby, it felt like really good just being up there with them. And that was just like a really good feeling, especially finishing the race and then making the team was incredible. But just knowing I finally like had that good race after all those poor performances. Um, I mean, another one that was just really good was uh, anchoring the relay at Worlds, uh, the 5K relay where we each won at 12.50. I had started the race uh, 10 seconds behind Germany and eight seconds behind Italy. And Germany had Rob Muffles and Italy had Paltrinieri. And I managed to catch them about like halfway through the race, stayed on their feet for a little bit and then got up and even with them and like if you had told me like going into the meet, like I was in a position like that where I would be behind them and catch up to them, I would have laughed. Like, so I mean, Paltrinieri is the fastest 800 or has been the fastest 800 and 1500 swimmer. And I didn't really see myself at that point yet. So being able to like catch up to them and then being able to not only catch up to them and then like keep the speed with them and almost beat them at the end was like an incredible feeling. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's badass. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so after, after the, the, your big tens NCAAs, um, in 2021, when you didn't perform like you wanted to, and then you go to the tier pro didn't swim how you want to there, but then you have a good training cycle coming off of that. Um, did you change anything about how you were approaching training about your mentality? You know, did you change anything, um, leading up to that part or were you, was it just kind of a trust in the process moment. I, I didn't meet my goals, but I think I'm still on the right track. Yeah. Well, after NCs, I had, uh, gone out, gone back out to California. So I wasn't training with IU. Uh, I was going back in like my usual training, what I had done in high school. And then during my gap year with, uh, Mark at Mission Viejo. So it was something I was used to. Um, uh, it was just like, trusting i mean i had spent the whole year doing everything i could like training as hard as i can putting in on the right there in my best effort so once i got out there i think everything started to click and i just had really good training partners with like will gallant and 
uh, Jordan would come and train with us every once in a while, and then Haley and Ashley as well. So it was just a really fun training group that really helped push me and practice every day and made the environment fun. And I just really feel like that helped me more than anything. Uh, and then I was also just purely focused on swimming, especially after finals in May. But once I was out there, it was just like I was at school was like second to me. So I was I think that really helped. Yeah, that that sounds like quite the training group or at least the yeah. quite the ro- rotating training group uh, there. They're coming in and out. Uh, that's intense. I I do want to talk about uh, your gap year and training with Mark Schubert. Um, what, what makes training with Mark, uh, different than training in Indiana? Um, well, with Mark, it's, or at least with IU, we have a scheduled, like, uh, each day, like we do the same thing, like every week. So like, you kind of know what's coming every day. Uh And with Mark, I mean, like with Mark, you know, it's always going to be like a distance set usually, or at least a distance I am set. But you don't know, like, if it's going to be repeat thousands or, like, repeat 500s or anything like that, um, other than Wednesday and Saturday, which we would suit up for. But even then, it could be, like, 3100s best average with a suit on, or it could be three 400s from the blocks all out. It just really, you wouldn't know. Um, but, I mean, with that, uh, I was also a lot more comfortable training with Mark because I had had success under him. I mean, I had success my freshman year at IU, but I wanted to be able to focus on long course since the Olympics uh, are long course. And at IU, like I knew like we would have big tens and NCs. So we would be having to focus on short course, doing short course workouts and admission. I knew I'd be doing long course every day. Makes sense. (laughs) Um, So you decided to take that gap year. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that experience? Had you trained at admission before that? Yeah. Um, so my junior year, I went out to train for Mark like full time instead of just in the summers, like I had after my freshman and sophomore year. So I was going to be there like doing high school out in California. And I, I was originally at Golden West with Mark and then about two or three weeks in, he wanted to have a meeting with me. And I just assumed he was like, just gonna talk about like the upcoming meets and stuff. And he said he had accepted a job position at Mission Viejo. So he was like, I'm moving up there. Will you like, you follow me. And I, one thing that was weird about that meeting was my mom was there too. She had flown out from Indiana. So I was uh, a little confused at first, but she said she had some kind of meeting in California. I think they were worried that I would wanna stay at Golden West cause I had a really good friend group there. And I wouldn't want to like move in like to a whole new environment. Uh, so uh, I said like, no, I want to go. I'll follow you there. Like I want to be able to train with you. And so I followed him to Mission Viejo and I'd spent most of my junior year then. And then my senior year out in California with him. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at your bio now. It says you were born in Bloomington. Is that right? Yeah, I was born in Bloomington. I lived in Bloomington for eight years, and then we moved to Columbus, Indiana, and I lived there basically for another eight years until my junior year. Okay, and then you moved out to to SoCal. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so so Indiana and California. 
That's, that's cool. Um, yeah, I didn't realize you trained with Mark in high school. Um, was, was, was he this pretty much the same when you trained with him then as you know, during your gap year? Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's always the same. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't really, I mean, he's changed from what I've heard about like how he was as a coach in the eighties, uh, to <laughs> how he is now. We don't do, uh, like 10 K workouts, every practice. I mean, it's a little less, but still, we're still doing a lot. Yeah. So during high school, were, did you have training partners once you moved to Mission? Uh, when I moved to Mission, uh, the people that I mostly trained with were, I had Noah Brune, who's now at Harvard. He was someone I did distance workouts with, and that was really my junior year. And then my senior year, uh, the second semester of it, we had a Chinese training group. Uh, the Chinese national team, like part of their team, come out and train with us. And one of their guys, his name was Shu. I can't remember what his last name was, but he was a really good training partner I had while I was out there. Nice. What Was it uh, weird? Were your parents out there with you or were they back in Indiana? No, no I was uh, with the host family. Okay. What was that experience like? Uh, at first, it was a little difficult. I'm a little more introverted so it was a little uncomfortable like for me like trying to like open up to like this new family and like get used to waking up every day and seeing a different family and not seeing my my family so I had a I struggled a little bit at first like the first night I stayed with my host family in Mission Viejo I didn't come out of my room because I was too scared wow. even to have my dinner Cause I didn't know like how to interact with them yet. And then after that, it was really great. Uh, I really, I had the same host family my junior and senior year as I did during my gap year. And then when I went back out to mission this past year, uh, it was the same host family. So they've been incredible. I couldn't have, I feel like they really helped support me. I couldn't have done what I'd been able to do without them. That's, that's a very touching story. That's really cool that you got that opportunity. What, brought about this opportunity you know what when 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 you were in indiana what what brought about the oh maybe you should go train with mark um so my mom had trained for mark she had kind of done the same thing when she was uh in high school she 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 was from bloomington she moved out or she went out and stayed with the host family mission viejo and mark was originally coaching mission viejo uh so she had that relationship with mark and uh, around my freshman year, the club team I was on was having coaching changes, and I spent mo- like pretty much all of my sophomore year with my mom coaching me with me doing Mark's workouts. Uh, so she like had been she had been pushing me since my freshman year to do it, and I just like wanted to stay home. And then eventually, I was like, "All right, like I need to go out and do this. Like I feel like it would be best for my swimming if I was there personally with Mark getting his workouts and doing them." So I, my junior year of host family in uh, Huntington Beach where Golden West was, so they would host me and then I went out there. And then thankfully when I needed to move to Mission Viejo, I had a host family there as well. Nice. Um, so when you move, when you did, did make the decision to finally move out there, what, what, what is it that you wanted to accomplish with your swimming? You know, I mean, that's a, like you said, that's a big shift, uh, especially for someone who, who is more on the introverted side and not seeing your family as a high school kid. 
Um, what, you know, did you want to get into a good college? Did you want to make the Olympic team? Did you have specific goals in mind? When I originally went out there, I mean, <clears throat> my lifelong goal has always been to make the Olympic team. So that was really what I was working for. I wasn't sure when I would be able to, uh, but I just knew going out there would really help me. And so that was just always a goal in the back of my head. The main goals I had when I originally went out there were just dropping time in my events, setting myself up to, because it was my junior year, I was setting myself up to get talking with good colleges and try to get as much uh, or get as much uh, or get faster as I could so I could be able to go to good colleges. Yeah. What was, was Indiana always on your radar? Uh, when I was younger, I always wanted to go to IU and then I stopped uh, thinking about colleges as much my freshman and sophomore year. And when I started talking to colleges, they were honestly like kind of low on my radar. I was like, I don't really know if I want to go back. But then when I started seriously talking to schools, I kind of realized growing up here, like this is the place I felt most comfortable and IU is doing really well. And I felt like this would, I couldn't really go anywhere else. This is like my home. So I feel like it ended up working out perfectly. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously you, you've been there. This is, this is your third year there now, but yeah. with the gap year, I guess, uh-huh. you know, kind of whatever. Um, <clears throat> so then, um, you, I, I do want to talk about Olympic trials. We, you mentioned it earlier, but, uh, you know, heading into trials, I think you had mentioned you weren't super happy with how that season had gone. Um, so, so did you feel good after having that, you know, good training block post-mission Viejo, um, heading into trials, obviously with that fear kind of still lingering of, you know, you could have a bad race again. Yeah. I mean, the fear wasn't really there as much because I had that, I, that was the best training I'd ever had in long course. I had felt like I was doing incredibly well and in training. I felt like I was going to have a really good meet, especially we had a meet we did three or four weeks out. Um, I only swam the mile and I went like a 15 or no 15, 12, maybe in it. And I wasn't uh, tapered yet, or I was just with a suit on. So I was like, felt really good about it. Uh, I mean, it was just like in the back of my head, just like there that like I had done poorly with working really hard. So I was just a little, it was just a little worry. It wasn't like over overwhelmingly like, Oh no, like this could happen. It was just kind of there, but wasn't going to affect me. I feel like now looking back on it. Mm -hmm. And so then you qualify in the 800 prelims and finals of the 800 mile. Um, how do you, how do you manage that? You have, you obviously have to be top eight, um, especially I guess with the 800, cause you're, it's the first race of the meet. And so I'm guessing you're still trying to gauge, you know, where the field's at, but, um, how do you manage prelims and finals of distance races like that? I actually had the four, I served the 400 in prelims. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, yeah that was good. Uh, I did that 400. I thankfully went into it like, well, I don't know if it was a good thing, but for my 400, but I went in it like, oh, this is just a warm up swim, like just getting used to like racing at this meeting. And so I only went like a 353 or something. I think it was like a 353 high. So I was just like, okay, like got that swim out of the way. Like I'm done. 
like I'll be good for the 800 and then the 800 prelims. I just knew with like the two heats of circle seated, watching the, being able to watch the heats before me, I would just have to place top three in my heat and I would be good. Cause I knew I had Will and Jordan in my heat. Uh, so I just, I was very comfortable in my heat knowing as long as I placed up there with those guys, I would be able to make it in the final. So I just swam the race to be racing or swam the race, racing them. So I didn't get too uncomfortable in it. And then it ended up working out. I ended up going in the final seat fourth, I think. And then the 800, I ended up taking my 800 out faster than my 400 time. So that was, uh, that was, uh, uh, it felt pretty easy at the time, but then I started to feel it that last 200, but it was, uh, it was really exciting. And then getting the mile was a little different. I didn't know what was going to happen with that. Um, after doing an 800 prelim finals, I was trying to uh, make the mile prelim as easy as possible, but making sure I made the a final. So again, just placing top four in my heat, trying to be up, up, uh, around first or second my heat so I'd be in a good lane for finals and then just the 1500 final just like all I've got left so just go um having already made it in the 800 did did that take pressure off the 1500 having it be your last race did that also take pressure off yeah it did take some pressure off I think I usually do better under pressure so that I think it took too much pressure off and I didn't do as well as I should have, but cause my, I mean, I ended up placing second, still making, or being able to make the team in that event as well. But the time wasn't anywhere where I wanted to be. I wanted to be closer to either 1450 or under, and I was right on 15 double O, which was also the a cut. So barely under the a cut. So that was just a little, um, upsetting that I was there, but at the same time, I don't know, it was still making the team and just doing it. Yeah. I mean, you got to go to your first Olympics. Um, can you, can you tell me a little bit about that experience? How, how getting to Tokyo was, how the experience in Tokyo was, and, you know, obviously just getting to be there for the Olympic games. So we have the train camp in Hawaii before Tokyo and I had a rough, first couple of days, but then I like made sure I stayed calm and didn't overreact to it. And I felt like I built up a really good training base, uh, leading into Tokyo. And then when we got to Tokyo, I think it was maybe a week out from when the game started and we were staying at, or we were training at a different, like separate location. Uh, I saw another good, uh, bit of training before then, which was basically the start of my taper. And I felt like that was going really well as well. And then we got to like the village and stuff, which was uh, really cool. Uh, all the stuff in the village was like a, the village, uh, the cafeteria in the village with all the other athletes is really cool to get to experience, like seeing all the other Olympians. And I mean, seeing my other teammates from IU that were on the, on their uh, Olympic teams and then uh, getting the practice and the, Tokyo uh, pool was really cool. Like the, the, the pool was uh, really like seemed fast. The 
the whole arena, I guess, was really like the seats and stuff, like just made the building feel even bigger. It was just really cool. And then the 800 mile, I didn't swim as well as I wanted. I feel like I didn't do as well as I should have, but I, it was just so an unreal experience getting the race at the Olympics and getting a race of fastest people in the world. That seems like a, a cool, very cool, unique experience. Um, do you, do you look back on that or have you, have you analyzed those races? Do you, do, can you point to anything of, Oh, maybe this contributed to why I didn't want to swim the way I, I wanted to. Uh, well, in the 800, it wasn't that bad. I just felt like I should have been, I mean, it wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad as I was kind of reacting to it after the race. So I feel like I overreacted to how I did in that event. And then it kind of carried over into my mile where I was overthinking every little bit of my race, overthinking how my stroke is, how I would feel during the race. And like just thinking about it too much. So then when I started swimming the 1500, it was like, Oh, like this isn't where I wanted to be at this point. And it really started to like, uh, build on me where I was like, this isn't where I want Like, and I was just swimming a lot or it felt a lot worse than it should have. So I just like have looked back on that and just really learning to stay calm, not overreact to stuff. Cause uh, any me, like you can have one bad swim, but then if, as long as you trust what you've been doing, you'll be able to bounce back. So I've just looked at how I swim those races and taking the positives from them to where they are and then taking the negatives and make sure I don't do those again. So, so fast forward to today, uh, moving into conference to big tens and NCAAs. Um, what do you, what are you thinking? What, what, what are you shooting for at these big 10 champs? Well, for big tens, I'm not going to be shaving. I'm going to be doing a three day drop rest. Uh, I'm really hoping to give a best time in my mile, go under 1425. Uh, and then the 500, I want to go a best time in that. I want to, I want to like push for winning the 500 at Big Tens. Uh, so having a best time around like 410 to 412 would be great because I feel like that's been a long time coming, going the going that, even without like the full taper and stuff. So, and then in the 4 a.m., I just really want to uh, Big Tens just try to get close to 345 or faster. So I'm in a better heat at NCs. Um, and that NCs in the 500, I want to make an A final. I want to like try to go under 410. The 4 IM, I want to see if I can make it back. Uh, that would be good. Um, so closer to 340 then. And then in the mile, I really, uh, really want to try to race Bobby and try to win it. Uh, I don't know that I know I'll probably take around 1410 or faster. And so that's just really what I've been working towards this whole season. So I really think uh, as long as I keep doing what I'm doing, I'll be good. Those are, those are exciting goals. I'm, 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 I'm fired up just listening to them. Um, But I'm, I'm now doubly excited to watch big tens and NCAAs. Um, Michael, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with us. Uh, any parting thoughts before we sign off? Uh, no. Just thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely.
You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.